Hallelujah. Come on. Hey, go ahead, brother. Just roll. You may be seated right now for a second if you can. Amen. Mm. Um, I got another question. You got this thing recording yet, brother? Everybody, you, brother Shane don't want y'all back it out here because he said y'all heads are just big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, in the camera and stuff. Want, don't want to distort the, the view, Sister Ashley. <laughs> Amen. You, you ready, brother? All right. Um, y'all know we get all kind of emails. We receive all kind of emails. All right. And I got another email. Guy asking me again, hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Who, me? Where's Brittany? What's the, uh, Megan, Megan. Megan, Megan. Megan at home. Lord of mercy. All right, praise the Lord. But anyway, you know, we get a lot of interest, you know, in, into what we're doing, whatever that is. I like to consider it serving God. Um, but I had another question again proposed to me, um, again, about the simplest subject that there is in the world, the Sabbath day, again, again. And the way that the guy approached me was, he says, um, Pastor Dow, you are in error. You are a good Bible preacher and teacher, but you are in error about this Sabbath day thing. Sunday is the Lord's day. That's what he said. Now, what's appalling to me is, is that all you people out there act like that we've never once attended church on Sunday or even believed that. I mean, for over 25 years of my life, that's all I did do and believe. You understand what I mean? But if we're, we're here in this life, and the ideal is us to come to the knowledge of the truth, and when we have the truth presented to us, to do something about it. You know, we can do like a lot of people do, get, you know, become very apathetic, complacent in our attitudes, and just not do anything about it when truth is presented to us. Some people do decide to take that. You know, you tell somebody the truth, and they, okay, all right, I'm not going to do anything about it. But we choose to do something about it. So years ago, I chose to do something about it. That's the reason why that the majority of you, now you understand that we are not the only people in the world that keep the Sabbath. Y'all do know that, right? Y'all know that, right? Um, but what we're going to have to do here just for a brief moment, just for a brief moment before we get to worship of God, is we're going to see what the Bible has to say and not what I have to say. Now, my question to everyone out there is, is first of all, number one, show me a place where God or Jesus or any apostles repealed his holy Sabbath day. Isn't that a fair question? Anywhere in the scriptures at all. Where they've changed it, done away with it. Now, the Bible does tell us that our God is consistent. Is that right? He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, he never changes. The way he is now, he's going to be that way forever throughout all of eternity. That's a good thing about God. Not like us. We change. Oh, Lord, do we have changes that go on in us? Whoo, boy, I got changes, man. Stuff I deal with and especially some of these feelings and emotions I try to make sense of and, you know what I mean, it's to try to understand and, boy, do we change. Don't we change? So I got Brother Rich up here reading. You got a mic, brother? Can you read into it? Is that mic on? It ain't on. All right, now it's on. All right. Hallelujah. So what we're going to do is we're going to just let the Bible speak for a moment. First thing we're going to do is going to read the commandment. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. We're going to read the commandment. And we're going to let the Bible do the talking. And all the scriptures I'm going to provide to us is going to come strictly from the Bible. We don't have 
two or three hours to deal with this subject. But what we're going to deal with is what they say is the Lord's day. They say Sunday is the Lord's day. So the angle of attack is going to be what day is the Lord's day according to what the Bible says. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? All right. And then I hope that he has some type of integrity in him that he will come back and show me in the Bible what day that they say that the Lord's day is. I just happen to agree with what the word says, okay? All right. Go ahead, Brother Rich. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. And this is God. Not Moses doing the talking. This is God doing the talking. All right, read. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, notice it says what? Remember. That means in order for you to remember something, something that had to already be instituted. Isn't that right? It didn't say forget the Sabbath. Brother Ed, hallelujah. It says remember the Sabbath. Read on. Six days shall thou labor. How many days are you supposed to labor? Six days shalt thou labor. Is that right? And if you want to know what day the Sabbath is, you have no further. God has always had, the Jews has always been God's people. Israel's always been God's people. See what day they keep. You know, this nonsense of the Christians have Sunday for the Sabbath and the Jews have Saturday for the Sabbath, that's nonsense. There's only one God. He don't make a law, a set for the Gentiles and a set for the Jews. He created one human race. He created all nations by one blood. So therefore, he has one set of commandments for all of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, the commandments wasn't created for dogs. There's no commandment that dogs can't commit adultery. And you know, dogs, if, if they had it by the same laws that we walk by, they, they done broke that commandment a thousand times over. Because a dog would just do anything, won't they? Amen. Read on. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Mm-hmm. But the seventh day. But the what day? Seven day. He's defining it then, isn't he? Read on. Is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Ah, key words. The seventh day is the Sabbath of who? The Lord thy God. Now, mind you. Now, what day did he say is the Sabbath day? And it's the Sabbath of who? He didn't say Sunday. He didn't say first day. He said seven day, didn't he? Is that right? So the first day can't be the seven, and the seven cannot be the first. Am I making sense? Is the Bible making sense? So, so far, Sunday or the first day is not the Lord's day according to the commandment then. Is that right? Read on. In it thou shalt not do any work, mm-hmm. thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, mm-hmm. thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. How many days did it take him to do it? You know, he could have did it all in one day, but he, he, he planned it out that way for a reason. Read on. The sea and all that in them is. Right. And rested the seventh day. What day did God rest? Somebody said, God don't need no rest, but that's what he said. He said he rested the seventh. Is that right? Is that right? Go read on, brother. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. Isn't that something? He blessed the Sabbath day. Not Sunday, not Monday, not Tuesday, not Wednesday, not Thursday. See, another problem is that everybody think that when you just stick with Sabbath observance, that they thinking that you can only, only worship God on the seventh day. That ain't what the Bible is all about. That is not what the Sabbath day is all about. The Sabbath day is about a day of rest. You worship God every day. Uh, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise is comely for the upright. 
God, God, God has never limited his people from worshiping him. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? But he says, hey, you men, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. But what we're going to do in this society, we're going to get welfare, food stamps, and we're going to eat instead of working, ain't we? Not here, you ain't. You're going to work. <laughs> the men going to work. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Oh, boy, somebody said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't that what the Bible says? Amen. A man don't work, he shouldn't eat. Isn't that the truth? All right. So read on. Wherefore the Lord blessed he blessed the Sabbath it day and read on and hallowed it. And he hallowed it. Now watch this. Watch this. You ain't finished with it. Go to Genesis, the second chapter, verses one through three. Now y'all listen to this real quick. I hope y'all getting this out there. Maybe I won't get no more questions about the Sabbath day again. Is that how many minutes I got left, Brother Saying? All right. Read on. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. If you read Genesis, the first chapter, you'll see all this creation that God did. Believe it or not, you know, Jesus has made the Bible, the scripture, so easy that even a child can understand it. He even tells us in his word, suffer not the little children, for such is the kingdom of God. The, I mean, the children understood Jesus. It's not hard. It, ain't comp it is not complicated at all. It's really that simple. But read on. And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work. God ended his work on what day? The first day. The second day. The third day. The fourth day. I wish you would say no, Brother Rich. No, sir. The fifth day. The no. sixth day. The what day? The seventh no. day. He ended his work on the Read it. Start from the beginning again. And on the seventh day, God Start ended. from the beginning, the first verse. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Finished. And all the host of them. All of them. You're going to read And on the three? seventh day. <laughs> on the seventh day. God ended his work. Can you imagine if we had to do a TV production and we got these kind of lapses in downtime? Can you imagine? All right. Read on. Which he had made and rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. If God rested on the seventh day, what do you think he's going to have his creation to do? Rest. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Read on. That's right. And God blessed the seventh the, he, day. There it is again. He blessed the seventh day uh, again. Read on. The seventh. And sanctified and it. And sanctified it means he set it apart from all other days. Read on. Because that in it, he rested from all his works. He rested from all his works. Read on. Which God created God and made. God created and made. Isn't that something? So therefore, we, we have read over in Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11, that the Sabbath is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. He blessed and hallowed. He blessed and hallowed, sanctified, he even rested on this one. Isaiah 58, verse 13. If Ooh. thou turn away thy foot turn from the away Sabbath. Look at it. Read on. From doing thy pleasure on my holy day. Oh, wait a minute. From doing thy pleasure on what? My, my holy, holy day. day. He called the Sabbath my holy. Read on. And call the Sabbath mm. a delight. Read on. The holy of the Lord. Holy of the Lord. Honorable. Honorable. And shall honor him. Honor him. Not doing thine own ways. Not doing your own ways, but no. who ways? His we should be ways. doing his ways. Isn't that right? Yeah. Read on. Nor finding thine own pleasure. Don't find your own pleasure. Isn't that right? 
Amen. All right. Isn't that something? All right. Matthew 12, verse 8. Did you finish that verse? No, sir. Well, go ahead and finish. Nor speaking thine own words. Isn't that why you think we're here on the Sabbath day? We get finished resting and stuff like you carry on a little conversation a day like this, but we're not here to do what we want to do. That's why we set aside this time because we can see that the history of our people, Israel, did the same thing. Read on. All right, we're at Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, verse 8. Listen to this now. Remember, is the is Sunday the Lord's day? And I'm telling you, Sabbath is the Lord's day. I believe that the scripture can define its own self. The scripture don't need the commentaries. And it don't need another man's thought of opinion. God knows how to define himself. Just why we got the, the apostles and the prophets. Read on. Uh, Matthew 12, 8. Yeah. Uh, and they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. Is that Matthew 12, 8? Yes, sir. Matthew 12, 3. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that is 12, 3. Matthew 12, 3. I'm going to say, boy, I'm going to go up here and look at this scripture. Let me see. I think you're going Read. To. That's the same account. And they caught him and beat him. And Hold on, Brother Rich. Let me see. I'm going to go get Matthew 12, 8 for my own self, all right? Okay. Yes, Let sir. me get Matthew 12, 8 for my own self. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. My God. Y'all understand this the production thing? Anybody got Matthew 12, 8 out there? Yes, sir. Got it. Got, brother Shane, just make sure you edit out all this because people ain't going to understand all this reproof and correction. We got a brother who had been saved 20-something years and can't find Matthew 12, 8. Good thing to keep a good spirit about it, isn't it? <laughs> brother, brother Ed, could you read Matthew 12, 8, please? Yes, sir. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. We might have to cast the spirit out, Brother Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Had me up here wondering if it's 12, 3. And I said, wait a minute, I know it's 12, 8. It's 12, 8. I mean, I'm getting old, but my memory ain't gone that quick. But it said that the Son of Man is what? Lord. Even of the Sabbath Lord, day. Lord, even of the Sabbath day. What translation you got? That's King James, sir. There must be a different translation going on up here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it tells you right there that the Son of Man is Lord even of the what day? Of the Sabbath Is that day. not clear? Hallelujah. Jesus saying this. The Savior of the world. The Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is the Lord's day. Isn't that right? Mark 2.27. Isn't that right? How are we doing? Mark 2.27. Make sure, Brother Rich, is Mark 2. Verse 27. You're not getting stage fright, are you? Uh, no, sir. Okay. Mark 2, verse 27. Let's hear what the word says. Who's doing the talking? Jesus. Jesus is. I think that's enough authority, don't you? Mm -hmm. Read on. <laughs> And he said unto them, Jesus said, The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for who? That don't mean you didn't make the Sabbath. God made it for you. Man. You hear that, brother Ed? All right. You hear that, Dad Mix? Dad Mix said, Hallelujah. The Sabbath was made for man. who's doing the talking? Jesus. Jesus is Savior of the world. I believe there's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. I think Jesus, I think, hey, Jesus is all in all. Yes, sir. One who saved me. And is still saving me. Hallelujah. Help me be saved from my sins. That's right. Hallelujah. Lord, even of the, 
Read that. Read verse 27 again. The Sabbath was made for man. Who was Sabbath made for again? Read on. And not man for the Sabbath. How is that complex? Do I need all your degrees, Sister Bob, to understand that? No, sir. Okay. Hmm? I'm just an uneducated, dumb man, and I can understand that. Read on. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Does that make sense? Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the... Now, all, for all you people out there still listening to this, Revelation 1.10, all you people out there still listening to this, I want you to do yourself a favor. And, hey, I'll be glad if you do. Make sure that every verse that we're giving you here that you read a little bit before and a little bit after. Read it in context. And don't believe what any man tells you, but believe what the word says. Read what the book says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that sound, is that sound advice? If the book says it, believe it. You know how many people have died and given a life for this word right here? Y'all understand there used to be a time in history where people couldn't sit here in this assembly and actually have this book in their hand, but they used to have to trust the priest and, and their interpretation and what they had to say about it. Yep. And now here we are at the end of time, right on the brink of end of time, and, and, and almost every believer has opportunity to have this book in their hand. Same book that the clergy has. A lot of blood been shed over this book. A lot of people's lives been changed and saved. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I believe the book. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, every word. word that proceed out of the mouth of God. Amen. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation 1.10. I was in the spirit. Ha, ah, he was the in the Lord's spirit. Day. On what day? On the Lord's day. So now we know what day is the Lord's day. We crawled from Genesis to Revelation. Hallelujah. And that's, brother and sister, that's only just a drop in the bucket. The scriptures just, I told you, y'all don't have four or five hours. Y'all get wore out. But I could sit up here for another three hours alone just teaching on this subject. And have him to read it, providing you don't have any mental lapses. <laughs> Look at Brother Rich. He's strategic, isn't he? <laughs> Hallelujah. We bless the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a hand praise. Thank you. We hope that y'all get understanding from this. Hallelujah. Come on up. We're going to worship the Lord. Amen. On the Lord's day. Glory to the King. Hallelujah. See, when you're praising and you're worshiping, so the Bible says clap your hands, raise your hands, do all the other stuff. You're not doing it to man. You're doing it to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless the name of Jesus. Now, y'all got to make sure these things are cut on and stuff.
Glory to the King. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Hallelujah. Let the voice of the bride and the voice of the bridegroom come forth and honor the King. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Fox. Y'all may be seated. You know, all the time I talk about having a sober mind. I'm not talking about mind, you know, people abstaining from alcohol. I'm talking about a sober mind. You know, and in a congregation where everybody be on the same sheet of music, the pastor can't be the only one praying. Uh-oh. <sighs> anyway, we bless the name of Jesus. All right, good. We need to get started. We need to get busy. Hallelujah. Everybody doing all right? Doing all right. Doing fine. Told my mouth, wasn't it? Uh-oh. Look at him. Look. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. We're going to learn someday, as usual. Hallelujah. Um, questions that need to be answered. I'm sure that we all have had this question at one time or the other. You're going to need your Bible. You're going to need your Bible, okay? Um, the question is, is this. Does God allow evil? I mean, that's a question that anybody would love to have answered. Isn't that true? But you're going to have to listen to me closely. There's a difference between the law of God and the law of man and natural reasoning. I mean, whether people understand it or know it or not, there is even a difference between the law of this land and the law of the water. The law of land is constituted by man, is directed by man, given by man, and every culture has different laws. And when you go to those different countries, you have to conform to their laws or have not suffered the penalty of them. The law of the water is admiralty law. And I'm not going to get into all that. Um, there was some time we are discussing. We'll talk about that too. But that is also a law that is operating today, which people don't understand. But then there's the supreme law that's supposed to govern every man, no matter who you are. You can be uh, a worshiper of Jesus Christ, worshiper of Satan, uh, Buddha, Confucius, Confucius, Muhammad, Islam, all those stuff. It makes no difference because every man that has ever been born of a woman is going to be judged by the law of God. Every man. Because when it's all said and done, everybody's going to find out there's only one creator. Only one creator. Almighty. Somebody, you know, I had somebody those day ask me, why do you keep saying Yah and Yahweh and all this stuff? Don't you know God's name is God? I said, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I learned something new every day. But the last time I checked, God, the name God wasn't a name. Now, I could be wrong. You understand what I mean? You know, Psalms 68, verse 4, said, extol him by his name, Yah. Uh-oh. Now what are we going to do? But it says God, Pastor Dow. Well, I know who God is. But Satan, according to 2 Corinthians 4, 4, is the God of this world. Uh-oh. So when you talk, when you speak, you have to know why you're saying certain things and know how you say certain things to certain people. Because a lot of times we don't have understanding like we should. And understanding is a wellspring of life to them that have it. Amen? Amen. Now we know that when we use the, the word or the term God, capital G-O-D, we know we're referring to the Almighty, the Supreme, the Creator, 
the everlasting, amen, the Yodhead Vahe. Is that right? Yahweh YHWH, according to the Tetragrammaton, when you're cutting it down, everything, and in order to, you know, some people think you pronounce his name, that fire may jump out of heaven and, or fall down from heaven and burn you up. Well, if that's the case, we'd been burned up a long time ago then, wouldn't we? Hmm? But God does want people to know his name, and his name ain't God. Amen? Just for a second, let's go over to Isaiah uh, 7 chapter real quick. Y'all got to make up your mind, is Pastor Dow um, just telling the truth or is he preaching? Make up your mind real quick, okay? Isaiah 7, 14 says, therefore the Lord himself, the Lord himself, is that right? Shall give you a sign, behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And who's going to give that sign? The Lord is. And let's go to Isaiah 9, 6. I hope y'all become active today. You know, the Bible teaches you need to acknowledge the truth. Don't sit there like a bunch of stumps and bumps on the log. Acknowledge the truth. You're not a bunch of zombies. Amen? Acknowledge the truth when you hear the truth. If it ain't the truth, then sit there dumbfounded. Amen? We're going to wake our conscience. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 9, 6, he says this. Listen to what he says. For unto us a child is born, prophecy. And unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name. See, you can't just limit God to just one name. His name shall be called Wonderful. You hear that? Counselor. Now, the reference to this is the son. Is that right? Look at this. The mighty God. Isn't that something? The everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Is that right? We know that to be, according to Matthew 123, Jesus. Isn't that right? That's who he is. Hallelujah. Now, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be able to finish this message today. It's going to have to be done in two parts. Because it's going to take a little bit of time. All right? But we're going to get understanding while we're here. All right? Let's go to 1 John, the fourth chapter. We're going to start at verse 7. 1 John, fourth chapter. We'll start at verse 7. Is it too hot, too cold, or what in here? What is it to y'all? Good enough? See, if you ask Sister Carol, it's too cold. If you ask Sister Cindy, it's too hot. It's just right? It is just right. All right. Sister Cindy said it's all right. So since Sister Cindy said it's all right, it's all right then, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you there? First John. Well, y'all there, but I ain't there. All right, fourth chapter starting at the seventh verse. Listen very closely to the word. Remember, we're talking about does God create evil? Okay? Does God create evil? Listen to the words real close. Does God create evil? Because there's a lot of calamity, a lot of um, things that people suffer. We're going to put things in proper order and perspective. We can only come from a biblical viewpoint. I can't come from the reason of men's mind because it um, seems like every time I depend on reason of men's mind, I get in trouble. You never took what somebody else said and the next thing you know you found out you believe a lie? How'd it make you feel? Everybody ain't lied to you. Let's just really be tell. Let's really tell the truth. Sometimes we, we love to be lied to. That way we don't have to face the truth. It's going to be a rough thing getting some hallelujahs and amens today though, isn't it? Hallelujah. Don't worry about it. Just pass down just preaching as he just telling the truth. 
Praise the Lord. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Who is love of? God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. Y'all hear that? In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God. It's putting it in proper order, isn't it? Because he just told us earlier that God is love. Is that right? But that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also do what? Love one another. Hallelujah. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us, what did he give us? Of his spirit. God, give us his spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, brother, if I did not have God's spirit in me, there's no way I could have the ability to love you. I remember living 25 years without his Holy Spirit. Amen. And now being filled with his Holy Spirit, I know what it means to love you. Only because he first loved us because God is love. All right? And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. That's Jesus. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. I confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. And we know and we have known and believed that love the love that God have to, uh, to us, God is love. There it is again. God is what? Love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in him. Now, the new covenant equates God to being light. God is light. Is that right? The giver of every perfect gift. The beginning and the end. The author and the finisher of our faith. The first and the last. The rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Is that right? The almighty. He says that you are the apple of his eye. He that touches you touches the apple of my eye. Is that right? The old covenant uh, equates him to being the only creator, the one true wise God. There is no other God but him. Besides him, we know not any. The redeemer, the shepherd, amen, the savior, the bishop of our souls. Hallelujah. All the names that you read in the scripture that is referring to God is telling us something. It's telling us his character, his nature. It is describing him of what he is. All right? We live in a time, and we can even see it, how people have interpreted what the word says to where they have actually misplaced the nature of God and given it to Satan and misplaced the nature of Satan and given it to God. You know, the prophet said, Isaiah said, he said, the time is going to come when people are going to call good evil 
and evil good. We're in this time right now. We are living in this time. Right now, where people are actually calling good evil and evil good. Who'd ever thought that we would be the ones to actually live what we could read? Who'd ever thought that? So, God is consistent with his nature. And when you read about the attributes of God in this word right here, you know that that's God because he can only behave one way. Why? Because God is love. Satan is not love. There are two opposing kingdoms. Whether people want to acknowledge it or not, it makes no difference. It doesn't change anything. The fact remains that there are two opposing kingdoms that are operating in this earth. Amen? Now, I'm going to ask a couple of questions I have right, written right here. How can there be evil in the world? And does God allow evil? And does God allow negative things to happen? Now, according to our famous insurance companies out here, they have termed things certain ways. Cliches. You know what I mean? Large storms, acts, floods, tsunamis as acts of God. And what we need to do is we find out if that's true or not. We need to determine who they're talking about. Oh, are we thinking? Because we, we just got finished hearing that God is love. And God is consistent with his nature and Satan is consistent with his nature. He's a deceiver, a usurper, amen, a liar, a cheat, scoundrel, amen. Isn't that right? That is his nature and Satan is consistent with his nature. He can't help but to behave that way because that is his nature. Are we listening? All right. So. Are typhoons, hurricanes, wildfires, floods, murder of innocent lives, are they actually acts of God? And if they are acts of God, which one is it? Little G, big G. There's only two authorities in the universe. Only two. Don't think I'm saying four because I got two. Of them. That's why I put my hand down real quick. Amen. That's for Sky and Maisie. Y'all got that, didn't you? Yep, we sure did. Now, we've all had these questions before, hadn't we? I'm sure we had. Here we Did God allow Pharaoh? Listen, this is stuff we know. Did God allow Pharaoh to kill every firstborn in Egypt at the time of Moses to be born? Because remember, Moses was delivered. Did God allow? You know what? Before I, I'm not even going to uh, give y'all an opportunity to try to figure it out. I know that you're all astute. I know that you're all intelligent. Every single one of them. I'll take the low road. I'm not that intelligent. But we're going to key in on the word allow. All right? Did God, quote unquote, allow, allow the babies, the firstborn in Egypt, when the promise of the deliverer was to be born Moses, to be killed? All right. I got everybody's attention now. You can hear a pin dropping here. That's good. All right. Did God allow the firstborn of all the male babies uh, age two and under in Bethlehem at the time of the birth of Jesus? Allow. Y'all hear that? I'm using the key word allow, allow. You know, philosophers, theologians, um, people all across this world from one end of earth to the next have always asked the question, did God allow Hitler to kill millions of Jews during World War II. 
allow. Allow. Somebody's keeping tally of how many times I say the word allow. Allow. I want you to listen, all right? Over the years, I've encountered many people who will go through life angry and bitter at God. You know, I myself have not always understood why certain things happened. You understand? I just, I'm sorry, but I'm just, I'm not the sum of all understanding. I have to admit that I have not always understood everything. And I still don't understand everything. I'm in the learning process. All right? But I've heard people blame God for family loss and tragedy. Amen? Um, so I've asked myself a question. Why do so many people see God as arbitrary? Now, you have to understand, I am not the best English speaker in the world. So y'all have to make up for my... Um, tongue that doesn't speak so well amen but I do know this Lydia didn't correct me on that one amen is God someone who is always walking around carrying a big stick waiting to slap us upside the head whenever we do something wrong hmm Psalms 34 verse 19 many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord deliver him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the right, but the Lord delivered him out of them all, all right? Now, when you look at the word arbitrary, it means in the context of what I'm using it in right here, um, does God make decisions on impulses and not by necessity or reason? Well, I don't believe God does that, not him being all-knowing. Um, we do have the scriptures that prove that that what God is trying to do with us as a people is get us to understand his will. But it doesn't come, brothers and sisters, because you can read a few scriptures. You have to meditate. You have to study his word, read and search out his word. It's to honor kings to search out his word. It's what the word says. Amen. You know, we may use arbitrary judgment based on um, who we feel and who we're fond of, but God doesn't do that. Amen. Now, in Romans 11.33, listen what the word says. And I'm going to read it slow. Oh, the depths of the riches both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable. Depths, wisdom. Are his judgments and his ways past finding out. God's ways. Are you following me? Now, when you read that particular scripture, does that mean that nobody can ever understand God? No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all. There are some things about God and ways about God you will never understand because you're not even looking for them. But God said in his word, he that seeks for me and search for me, when he does it with, his all, with all his heart, he'll find me. He tells us that. Isn't that right? Amen. So, many people are afraid of God. Now, in Ecclesiastes 12, 13 tells us, for let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandment. Now, that fear of God is to be in awe and in reverence of him. Knowing who he is, that he is the almighty and all-powerful, but we are not to be in terror or dread of the almighty. We do know he means what he says and says what he means. He doesn't alter or change anything that has gone out of his lips. Same yesterday, today, and forever. He is consistent with his behavior. He is the same. There's one thing about God. You don't ever have to wonder if he's going to change his ways when you come to him. He will always be the same. Amen. Amen. 
I remember when Sister Carol and I, when we was young, you know, married in our youthful youth, you know, we I guess we're still young, still young. And then sometime I come home from work, boy, and I didn't, you wouldn't even never know what you're getting ready to run up against. You don't know if you're going to be greeted, hi, honey, or, or, or. Because she was given a change. I know I'm picking on little old Carol, right? What about me? I've been given a change too before. Sometimes she come to me, she don't ever know what, what she's going to get. Because all you perfect folk around here, ain't none of you ever given any change at all. We need to start thinking, brothers and sisters, the type of environment we're presenting for others. Let's just tell the truth. Some of us, we don't have a welcoming mat out in front of us all day long. Ah, praise the Lord. All right. Hey, keep, keep in mind what we're talking about, though, all right? Amen. Sometimes I have to break up the monotony. I told you because these faces, but You know what? We got to get a mirror. Stick it up right here. Because then y'all be paying more attention to that than y'all would the word done, wouldn't you? Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what. God, you know, God said it, Brother Ed. He said, be not afraid of their faces. Was that you, Sister Marla, I had sitting up here one time? Or Sister Wendy? I had her sitting up here one time sitting there. Look at these folks' face. What do you see? Oh, Lord, have mercy. All right. All right. But anyway, you know, God's ways are not past finding out, okay? Have you ever heard people say that God allows evil, but he uses it for his good as an opportunity to demonstrate his grace and mercy? All these are cliches that are not consistent with the word, which we're going to find out today. All right? They sure don't make us feel good. I call this verbal salve. You know, it's supposed to make you feel better. Supposed to make it all okay that God allowed evil to happen. Look at him looking at me. Amen. Well, we got some questions we're going to deal with right here. The question is, are these statements true or are they accurate? Well, the word lets us look at it, and we're going to do that for a moment. And look at this. For example, if we choose to allow, and I'm going to give us examples just our own personal self, okay? If we choose to allow something to happen, that, to some degree, we approve or condone that action, if we choose. Does that mean we condone it? Does that mean we agree with it? What well, answer can be nothing but no. If our children goes out and do evil, knowing that we didn't instruct them to do evil, is that right? Does that mean we condone their actions? God being the father over his children, there are certain actions we do that God don't condone. Ah. Come on now. Amen. If our children goes to the corner market down here and decided they're going to shoplift and just going to steal them some goodies, they get caught, the police can take them to jail, they get fined by the judge. Is that right? Is that right? Oh, come on, think about it. Now, does that mean that we approved or condone of their actions? Ah, now ask yourself a question. Does that mean a lot of things that believers are doing today that God approves or condone them? Ah, 
You see, since our children are living under our roof, our roof, they do not have the money to pay the fine. Amen? But they will bear the consequences of what they've done and their actions for their punishments. You know, if the system don't punish, we're going to punish them. Isn't that right? Amen. This is what Jesus did. Jesus, who didn't know any sin, didn't have any sin. Are you following me? Became sin. That he could redeem us from sin. He saved us. Are you following me? He didn't condone any of our actions. Not one bit. But yet, he came from glory to die for our sins. He made a way. Well, there was no way. Many other people tried to do it, but they just wasn't successful. God had to come and do it himself. He had to put his spirit inside of a body. Hallelujah. And show man that it could be done. This is what Jesus did. That's why we call him our redeemer. Now listen, if God really allows evil to happen, does that simply uh, mean or does that imply to some degree that he approves or condones it? No, it doesn't. Amen. Wouldn't it make him responsible for the evil action if he did approve and condone it? I mean, if we use that line of thinking like we have before in our lives. Remember, I started talking about these acts of God earlier. God is receiving a brunt for a lot of stuff that he never did condone or do. Amen. He never did do it, brothers and sisters. To be responsible for evil requires the commission of sin. And God never sins. Ah. Is that right? The problem is, is there's something wrong with our human reasoning when we allege that God allows evil to happen what we need to do is understand what is allowed what is evil and make no mistake about it the bible is very clear in isaiah 45 7 he says i form the light and i create darkness i make peace and create evil there's a difference between allow and create he creates evil that's what he said i the lord do all these things that's isaiah 45 verse 7 the Hebrew word, not English, Hebrew word. You got to go back to the original, find out. The Hebrew word create is 1254 in your Hebrew lexicon, all right? Means to shape, form, to bring about, to bring into existence. That's create. Did not God hang this earth on nothing? Did he not create the heavens and the earth? Did he not bring it into existence? Yeah, he did. He formed it. He created it. Is that right? Did he not create man? Did he not form him out of dust of the earth? Did he not bring him into existence? God did all this. The eternal, the most high. Is that right? Now, the Hebrew word for evil, because remember, I'm going to read Isaiah 45 verse 7 again. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do these things. I do all these things. He created. All right? Create aloud. And look at this. The Hebrew word for evil is 7451. Means, now listen. Listen very closely. We got to find out what the word evil means, right? It is never rendered sin. The word evil is never rendered sin. But evil. Evil is, listen, calamity 
adversity, grievous, sorrow, trouble, distress, bad, sadness, afflictions, misery, soreness, noisome, hurt, wearisome. You understand this? All right. God created the law of sowing and reaping. Also, what is in evil is wretchedness. Think about it. Evil. Evil. Boy, I tell you, it sure does just does some of our thought pattern, don't it? Man, it does some of our thought pattern. Lord, have mercy. God created the law of sowing and reaping, and those who sow sin will certainly reap evil. Does that make sense? You sow sin, you're going to reap evil. In Galatians 6, 7, and 8, Galatians 6, 7, and 8, and don't y'all forget the, the Hebrew words and the numbers, okay? So you can make sure you go back and look them up in the Strong's, all right? Listen to this. The word says, be not deceived. God don't want us deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap for he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting now when you look at the word evil 7451 that is translated over in um, Isaiah 45, verse 7, evil is mentioned in the scriptures, in the scriptures, 442 times. How you know? I got a computer, and that's what it said. That's simple enough, isn't it? I mean, you, could you imagine me trying to look up the word evil? How many times did it appear in this thing? We can just go to a computer. There it is. It is never with the idea that God, listen to me, created sin. God gave man a free will. God gave the angels a free will. Lucifer, who was the chair, the anointed chair that covered the throne, did not have to sin. You do not have to practice sin. No, you don't either. I'm sorry for, I'm, I'm telling you, I go months, years without sinning. So, oh, no, you don't. I didn't say I have never sinned because then I will be a liar. I didn't say I, never, I said I don't practice sin. And let me dispel another notion while we enter here. An evil thought is not sin. If it was sin and we would receive the penalty of it, God would never gave us the provision to cast down every thought. Is this making sense? I'm sorry, folk, but yet the reception level is not too high, so I have to go real slow. I mean, real slow. The antennas is not beaming out a strong signal, brothers. I'm sorry. All right, so I'm not going to just fly through this thing right now, okay? We're going to get some understanding, all right? That's, that's my job. And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you in knowledge and understanding, all right? I hope we got our reception on. Whew. All right. You don't have to sin. You do not have to practice sin. 
Now don't tell me you ain't never sinned because you would be a liar. Because we were born in sin and shapened in iniquity. Amen. The blessed thing about us being born again on this side of the cross right here is that if we sin, we got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the reason why I don't understand for the life of me. When godly sorrow is working inside a believer, when they stumble or fall, that they sit and rehash over and over and over and over again because they're sitting up there trying to make their heart make sense with sin. And your heart ain't going to never make sense with sin. If you confess your sin, have you you ever sinned and confessed it? God says he was separated as far from the east to the west. He said, I'll throw it off to the depths of the sea. And then I add this. He'll put a sign up there that says no fishing. That means don't you go back into the sea and then really try to catch your sins again and bring them back up so you can experience sorrow, badness, evil, wretchedness, calamity. People that have a love affair with nobody knows the trouble I see. Well, maybe we smack you upside your head, you have something else to think on then, wouldn't you? Pain or something like that, you'll get out of that mess though, wouldn't you? I mean, I just believe that the word is, is true, brothers and sisters. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteous and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all of our sins and there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of liberty in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death so don't tell me after you're born again you feel God speak you got to practice sin I don't want to hear that nonsense no you don't have to practice sin that's why he gave you the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Because the Bible said that whosoever committed sin is of the devil. And the devil sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And why you think he put his spirit in you? So he could destroy the works of the devil. You couldn't do it by yourself. You have to have his Holy Spirit living inside of you. Your, your, your body is the temple of God. Amen. Not the temple of devils. Hallelujah. We got all that? Okay, good. So what for so a man sow, he also is going to reap. Now you know what that means? That means you could have done a sin. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving all song reaping for a second. I'm going back here. I still don't have a, a, a reception strong enough yet. Amen. You know, that signal ain't strong enough yet. We're at about a seven. I'm looking, at least I can move on on a nine. Amen. That means if sin, you know, the Bible says, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart that condemn us. You know what the problem is with most believers today? The problem most believers today is after they confess a sin and they know that God is faithful and just that he'll forgive them. You know what they do? Because they don't feel right. They think their feelings 
Their feelings is what make them to determine if God has forgiven them or not. I don't feel like I'm forgiven. What do you feel like when you got a heartburn? I don't feel. See, you know what's going on, don't you? Paul told us that there is a law that wars in our members. It wars against the law of our mind. He said the law of sin and the law of death. Either you, the word is not received by based on how you feel. It's based on what you believe. Controlled by feelings, boy. You be doing, you be doing God a great justice is if you have ever sinned, you confess that sin and you go, whoa, praise the Lord, glory, hallelujah. And then somebody say, what's wrong with you? I'm walking in the newness of life, man. What you think I'm doing? Shoot. Man, who you, the sun set free, is free indeed. Hallelujah. I am free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. No longer bound. No more heavy feelings and emotions and change holding me. Praise the Lord. Ain't I telling the truth? That the word is right. So if you're waiting for you to feel like, you'll feel like it when you start. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And that devil and everybody else be going, what's wrong with you? I remember what you did. You do, huh? Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou an offense unto me. No condemnation. Uh, we we about at a nine point five now on the Richter scale. Right. Whew. Lord have mercy. See what happens when we get that word down in Come on, y'all know, haven't we all been deceived by our feelings? We go, oh boy, I feel, oh, oh, I feel. Oh. I wonder who that is. I mean, an attribute of God is love, joy, and peace. Ah. Then who is heaviness, sorrow, wretchedness? Oh, bing. Light bulb comes on. Pastor Dow, you mean to tell me that that's Satan making me feel bad? Well, no, it's actually you make you feel bad if you sin and never confessed. But if you sin and you confessed it, and then after you praise God for it, and then the enemy try to come and make you feel bad, then that's the devil. Because you have met the requirements of the word. God is not standing over there with no club waiting to send us no hell, brothers and sisters. He said, Whosoever come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. The famous Hallmark scripture we all learn as little bitty children. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting, let me throw a word here, eternal, long time life. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? But the problem with human beings is because, see, they don't want to actually read all the scriptures. See, the, and if, that's the reason why we put it up here in big letters, big black and white parchment letters, plastic, vinyl, right here. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Every time you argue with somebody, what does it reprove? How much more, especially those of us of the household of faith? Here we are, brother Doug and I, he gonna get, we're going to have a, a, a contest. We're going to be wrestling with each other. Man, I don't like you. You don't like me. That's so stupid. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Ah, definition defined. But against principalities. I wonder who they might be. I wonder who they might be. That's why he said over here, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all power of the enemy. You can't go around in life ignoring that there's an enemy. There is a devil. He's a spirit being. And he is consistent with his nature. And over all power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies do what? Hurt you. Look at Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out. And if the devil is in your mind, guess what you need to be cast out of? You better believe it. And they shall speak with new tongue. Believers. Now, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Disembodied spirits. Evil demonic spirits. See, churches don't like talking about this. Hmm? Because y'all all polished. You, you had your dial soap this morning and you look clean. But I know better. I know when you leave this place, you got hell to go with and live with. You got to make sense stuff. You got you got per, you got fears within, fears without. Come on, ain't nobody never dealt with resentment, bitterness, hatred. Come on, unloving spirits. You ain't never been. You know, come on, all this is real stuff. We feel these things, don't we? Don't we? And they're very real. And as long as they are ignored, they're going to continue to destroy the people. Jesus said, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the what? He wanted to destroy the works of the devil in your life. He didn't want the devil having victory over you. No way, shape, fashion, or form. So the scripture tells us we're not wrestling against each other. Amen. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, world, against spiritual wickedness in high place. You know what the highest place is on this earth? Your mind. That's what the Bible says. Your mind. And where is all the trouble taking place? Your mind. Hallelujah. And it's the truth. Amen. People sow their own sin and reap the evil for sowing sin. It's just a law. Just like gravity, up, down. Amen? Think about this. The responsibility for both is theirs. God gave the law and provided the penalties for breaking the law. You can't go out and go contrary against God's law and expect to not receive any punishment for the law. That's why if people don't confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and accept him in their heart, Amen. As their Lord and Savior, King, God, and then live for him. They got no choice but to go serve the one they served while they was on earth. Somebody got to go to hell. The prophet said hell had enlarged itself. I mean, to me, it's pretty intelligent. I mean, I'm not the most intelligent man in the world. Brother Doug Beck will tell you that. Yeah, right, Brother Doug. You see how, you see how loud he agreed on that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If I ask him, no, 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 I'm not there probably be real low you had to have a hearing aid here turn the thing way up 
Yes, sir. But to me, after just viewing graveyards when you pass by, some of them folk been in them graveyards longer than we've been alive. That's telling me that that's eternal. That's forever. And as a tree falls, so shall it lie. That's going to be, hey, to me, intelligent choice. Lord, I love you. I'll give my life to you. I'm serving you and because I tell you what, I don't want no parts of hell, the devil, and his demons for, the rest, for all of eternity. And beside that, fire hurts. But I'm not doing that because I want to escape the fires of hell. I'm doing it because I really, truly love you because why? You first love me because God is love. I understand what's really, truly going on. That's just the truth, brothers and sisters. All right. Now, in light of all this that we heard, let's examine what we've been taught. Amen? And what we really believe. Now, who is really responsible for evil then? Hmm? The Bible is replete, meaning abundant in supply, with references to the two kingdoms that contest for each person. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4.3 real quick. I want everybody to read this. 2 Corinthians 4.3. It, it, is, it is abundant in supply, okay? And we need to understand this, all right? You there? But if our gospel be hid, if it's what? Hid. Hid means concealed. Is that right? Not known. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. It's hid to them that are lost. Listen to this. In whom the Watch this phrase right here. God of this world. Isn't that amazing? See, everybody assumes that God, Elohim, creator, almighty, is the God of this world. But the Bible didn't say that. The Bible said that God created this world. See, what happened was um, the title and the deed transferred to Satan when man decided to side with Satan and sin and go against God. And then that sin came upon all of us because of Adam and Eve. Oh, amen. Amen. Because I'm telling you right now, if this is eaten, I won't go to hell. If this is eaten, send me to hell. And this ain't eaten. Cindy, this is not eaten. I don't care how pretty that flower look or how blue that sky is, this is not eaten. I don't care how green that tree is, this is not eaten. This ain't the way God created this earth. This is a result of sin entering into the world. Satan. Deceiving mankind. And we're looking at this world in a fallen state. To us, some things are beautiful in this world because we have limited vision. The Bible teaches we only see through a glass dark. That means our understanding is very minute. But this is not the way Eden looked. Have you ever looked at pictures down there in South America? Been there. I mean, Cindy, she goes to South America all the time. She, she spent so much time in South America, she still hadn't attained to my color yet. She gets there, and then it fades away. It gets there, and then it fades away. It gets there, and it fades away. And Brother Ed, you can forget it. Yeah, right, Brother Ed. <laughs> but, they, hey, is it not beautiful down there? Huh? And when you look at that place, you go, my, man, boy, if that's what, man, it, who eating that? And that's a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Even that pales in comparison to what Eden had to look like. What Adam and Eve, all they had to do was dress the garden and serve God. And not listen to the voice of Satan. 
Somebody said, why did they listen to the voice? Say, because God created man with a free will. And God loved us so much that he even made provisions even before that fall to redeem us back to him, to buy us back to him. Beautiful. Amen. But look, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it, in whom the God of this world, so Satan is the God of this world. And that G, is it big G or little G? Referring to the God of this world. Look, have blinded the minds, blinded the what? See, people, believe it or not, people try to spend so much time trying to see with this right here. These natural, they really need to start seeing with this. It's called perception. Discernment. Amen. You can see a whole lot more with this than you can with this. Oh, yes, you can too. In whom the God is where I have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. So Satan is the God of this world. Ephesians 2, 2 says, where in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. Is there anybody here that never walked according to the course of this world? I have. I just want, I'm just trying to see if anybody never walked to the court. Brother Juan, Juan, you got your hand up. What you put it down for then? You ain't never walked to the course of this world? Oh, you have. Okay, good. Look at this. According to the prince of the power of the air. We got to figure out who this talking to. Or who is this talking about? The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So it can't be talking about God's children. Then. And when it's talking about the prince of the power of the air, it can't be talking about God. Because God doesn't produce children of disobedient. Ah. Satan has his earthly kingdom. Yet we also know that God is good. God is just. Jesus our savior. Jesus sits at the right hand of God in the third heaven. Is that right? The Holy Spirit lives within us and he is coming again. We know that to be a fact. Is that right? People in religion can ignore this fact all they want, but Satan's goal is to destroy each and every last one of us. And he never stops in that quest just because you saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and fire baptized. Matter of fact, when you get saved, that's when the war starts. Welcome to the warfare. That's when it starts. And you know who Jesus said your greatest foe is going to be? They of your own household. Amen, brothers and sisters. Satan, he opposes us. He employs clever lies and principalities with their demons to persuade us to participate in evil and in sin. Notice, persuade us to participate in evil and in sin. God comes through us through the Holy Spirit and he wants us to embrace truth. He wants us to be set free from the power of Satan and its control. Amen. God created us with a free will just like he did the angels. See, a lot of people don't know that before this earth and all this was created, that there was war going on in the heaven already. See, we can't see it, so therefore, to us, it don't exist. Mind you, you're dealing with people with limited understanding. So we have to get all of our light from what is written. Hallelujah. But Satan decided he was going to be like the most high. Thought he was going to be God. He sure did. And God said, oh yeah, you are, huh? So I tell you what, you're going to be cast down to earth. Isn't that something? 
You know what Satan had to do? He had to go and persuade one-third of the angels to believe him. And that insurrection started and happened, and that's why we got all this hell going on this earth today. God has not given us the spirit of So what, what is that? That's part of one of Satan's principalities. Fear. You ever feared anything before? Yeah, sure. You know how fear comes in? It enters into you, just the way sin does. Huh? You ain't never walked into um, a, um, a basement or a dark room and all of a sudden you don't feel anything and all of a sudden you fear fearful. Even though nothing is there, you feel fear. You know what's going on? That's Satan, disembodied spirit who you cannot see. Spirit being. Demonic spirits. What they're trying to do is entice you to accept that fear so they can make you fearful. That's how he operates. That's how he works. I talk to us all the time about projected fears. You know what I mean? I've had to, over the years, um, deal with a lot of people. I, I, I get a lot of time, you know, time to deal with husbands and wives, too. And um, a lot of times people have a fear, I'm going to lose my spouse. Are you following me? You know the reason why? Who puts that fear in you? Satan. Your spouse ain't going nowhere. I tell you the reason why Ed ain't going. He too ugly. Saying, don't nobody want Ed no more. <laughs> Isn't that right? Now, I ain't saying it ain't right to Ed ugly. I don't want Ed to be my enemy now. But I'm just dealing with some things that are facts. I'll give you another example. How many times you women look in the mirror, boy, I sure am ugly, and then you try to do everything to make yourself look better. Now, what you need to do is figure out who's telling you you look ugly. I mean, look at my beautiful wife. She looked just as beautiful now as she did from the first day I met her. Ain't she just looking, just beautiful, just a flower over here, isn't she? Huh? Now, if Satan come and tell her anything other than that, and she's trying to view me out of that prism or that eyesight, then that, that ain't what I said. Somebody lying. And it wasn't me. Is she old or not? Yeah, I'm old. And she know I'm a diamond in the rough. Isn't that right, honey? Yes, sir. <laughs> Look at mama down. I'm trying to talk to y'all about the communication of the spirit here just for a moment. Because these things are very real. And people don't know how to deal with these things. Amen? Have you ever had the opportunity, not that you wanted to take it, but to resent somebody, you know what it feels like right now. Let me ask you a question personally. Was that the spirit of God or was that somebody enticing you to act out their nature through you? Because God is love. I mean, you cannot like a person. As a matter of fact, the Bible even says you can have people as enemies. You can even hate them with a perfect hatred. But that don't mean they have to dominate and control your inward man. That don't mean you have to be a doormat for nobody to be to step on all day long either. Amen. Yeah, am I making sense? See, so God has given a spirit of fear. Isn't that right? Put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Heaviness. Depression. Depression. Depression is heavy. Does not depression make you feel heavy? What do you think is going on? There's a spirit. The Bible said in Isaiah, put on a garment, pray for the spirit of heaviness. It's a spirit that makes you feel heavy. 
Especially when you have situation circumstances changing your life. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, if you if you've been married ten days and you get a divorce at nine days, that could cause you to be heavy, couldn't it? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Some of y'all act like y'all been married for fifty years. But anytime you sever a good relationship and stuff, that causes heaviness to come in. What are you doing? You're being enticed by heaviness. What you need to do is try to figure out this. Sure, you're going to feel, you're gonna, that's things that you're going to have to deal with. But you need to know the difference between your feelings and emotions and the feelings of some spirits that's trying to get you to come in, trying to come into you and entice you to believe them and to cause you to put up a wall against everybody else. Amen. It's a spirit. Remember the woman that Jesus, she had a spirit of infirmity. 18 years, she had a spirit of infirmity. How did Jesus answer? How did he do it? You know how Jesus did it. Hey, let's go on down to Dr. Welby down here, and, and we'll get him pull out his black bag and give us some, a big old potion, motion, notion, and everything else, and she'll be just fine. Is that what Jesus did? What did Jesus do? He cast the spirit, and she was made whole. Oh my. You know the reason why this stuff's so foreign to us today? Because you don't see too many people doing it. Uh-oh. I was I had a guy up here from Westmoreland who had an asthma. He had asthma. Bo Green, y'all remember him? He said right. He had asthma. And um he says uh, he got this little breathing thing. You follow me? Breathing apparatus. And I said, Oh man, ain't no big deal. He Say, ain't no big deal. There ain't nothing but the spirit of fear. Well, how, and he's look, he's just trying to learn what I'm trying to know. You know what I mean? I said, what do you mean, spirit of fear? I said, well, think about it. When your air ducts and your lungs start to constrict and they don't expand no more, the air is not getting in there, and the first thing you do is fear for the next breath. Ah, isn't that right? Come on. You understand what I mean? Isn't that right? And I said, oh, I know exactly what to do. Well, you won't need that breathing apparatus never again. Really? What? I said, I'm cast spirit fear out of you. You are? Yeah. You don't ever have to have it again. All you got to do is look up Bo Green, Anthony Green, Westmoreland, pick up the phone book, call him, and ask him, does he have it? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Where is that spirit? Where is that spirit? There it is. Y'all getting this? All right. See, it's just, a, it's just a different way of looking at things. It's understanding. Because I'm sorry, folks. Jesus, you, can't, you cannot read the Gospels without seeing Jesus in war with the devil. Then how does he expose the devil? He didn't do like we do today. Just ignore him on every end. And yes, the devil does operate through people. And believe it or not, some people are children of the devil. Even till now. We're going to show you that too. All right, but let's get back on here real quick. Let's get on this earthly kingdom. All right? All right. I mean, um, I've got what I'm talking about. Does God allow evil? All right? So, our free will allows us to choose who we're going to live for, who we're going to believe. It's personal decisions you got to make yourself, all right? We do um, have the ability to make choices. And the ability to choose is very valuable to, to each and every last one of us. But in order to choose, there must be choices available. And there's only two. 
Now listen, God created good and evil. No qualms about it because he says it in the word right here. Is that right? Evil is not sin until it results in action. For instance, let me deal with a personal thing that Jesus dealt with. Jesus was dealing with some scribes and Pharisees and some people that questioned him about adultery. And they, was, and, and they asked Jesus a question about adultery. And Jesus said, I'll tell you what we do. We'll take it a little bit farther. If a man looks on a woman to lust. Now, he's taking a little bit farther. This is without the physical act. He said, looks on a woman to lust. He has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Ah, how did he do that then? Because I'm telling you right now, even as a married man, at times I'm minding my own business, not thinking about nothing. And then especially when you, you, you see all these people, the way they flaunt themselves out here nowadays, boy, you know, and I'm a man, so if I see some boobs and all this stuff, man, whoo, Lord, I'm, then I have to check myself and, because it's still, I ain't going to ignore the fact there's still an old man in here. Amen. That's why I'm glad y'all sister covered up. Y'all stay that way too. Amen. Now, what happens is, is if I'm sitting up there and I'm looking at Sister Vicky, all right, and this is where sin comes in. I'm sitting up looking at Vicky and stuff. It's one thing for me to look and then I turn away. Then the devil puts the thought in my head, and then next thing you know, like a movie, I'm playing out this action in my mind. Now you've committed adultery. If you're looking at the woman and you're enticed and tempted with the, if you're tempted with her and you cast it down, it's not sin. That's right. You understand that? Because remember, a man is drawn away by his own lust when he is enticed. Is that what the book of James says? You hear that? So you have to be enticed first by something. I mean, because I see women all the time. I don't never sit up here lusting, just go around lusting after women. But now all of a sudden, what do you think Satan does? He tried to capture your mind. Yeah, women, he tried to capture your mind. That's what he does. He throws a thought up and out, bam, next thing you know. And sometimes what he does is try to solidify these thoughts as yours. They're originally yours by accompanying them with a feeling. Y'all hearing me? By accompanying that thought with a feeling... And believe it or not, some people who don't have any understanding, they think because they feel it, I got to do it. That's why people get in trouble. Because the Bible says all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, I'm supposed to be just God created even. I'm on all this already. Isn't that something? I'm on all this already. Are you following me? So if a man looks at a woman and admire beauty, that don't mean that he's sinning. He's in adultery. Amen. But if he's sitting up here playing a theater in his mind about how he would like to and all this old other stuff, you and that spirit is a lie. And if you don't do something about that, it won't be too long before you actually go and mess up. And then you think you had something to do with the thought. Wait till you get it off into something like that. You're going to end up messing up and you're going to wish you ain't never done nothing like that. Then you're going to have to try to get clearness in your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. See, you ain't going to get, ain't nobody out there going to tell you nothing like this. Bro, that ain't too scared to tell you something like this. Yeah, it is. For we wrestle not against. Amen. 
So when Jesus said when a man looks on a woman to lust, you hear it? He has to beware in, in, in a heart, in his heart. Then he's committed adultery. But you ain't committed adultery just because a thought enter into your head. The Bible would never tell us to cast down every thought, every imagination that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bring it into captivity. And obedience. We got the power to do that when we have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank God. So there's a lot of things we have accepted as man, I'm just, oh, I'm just wretched, man. Really, the truth is, all you need is understanding. You don't have to accept Satan lies and stuff and make them think that that's you. Amen. I mean, you look at Sister Carol over there, man. Man, she don't look nowhere near like she did when she was, she, she was 16. She, she ain't got the body she did when she was 16. Boy, sometime I might get challenged. But boy, when she see me, man, she know I'm a diamond in the rough. Isn't that right, Carol? I ain't married, Carol, for her body. I'm married because I loved her. It's a commitment. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. I had somebody tell me, hey, man, thank you. A diamond in the rough. I said, boy, I just leave it alone. <laughs> just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Hallelujah. Amen. I know what I am. Nothing and a nobody without Jesus. God wants us to freely choose him. Let me get on this. Let's go to first. Let's go to John 3.16. Okay, we all know what that is. All right. I'm gonna get to rolling here. I only got a few more minutes left. And I want to go ahead and get this out. But I really want to get out the fact and show, at least leave us here, that that um God does God allow evil? And the answer is no. Did he create evil? The answer is yes. But we, we're gonna show you something by Bible. To show what happened and who is doing all this evil. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now listen to this. For God sent not his son into the world to do what? To condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him. He that believeth on him is not condemned. That's the reason why we don't sit here in condemnation. Alright. But look at this. But he that believeth not is condemned already. I'm sorry, folk. You're not going to entice me by saying you're going to entice me to turn away from God by telling me you're going to put a gun to my head and pull the trigger. I'll say, what you waiting on? I mean, you can only do it if God, let's just follow your reason, allow it anyway, right? No, you're going to do it because you're wicked. But you ain't going to be doing me no favor by sitting up there telling me you're going to keep me around here for another, uh, uh, or take my life away from me because I'm going to be going somewhere. The people around me may, may miss me or something. You know, I may miss them, but, you know, if they keep themselves in the faith and stuff, you be doing me a favor. You mean tell me you ain't afraid of death? Did not Jesus come to do it? Hey, all our lifetime we were subject unto the bondage of what? Fear of death. Then he delivers us from it. That's why we can walk in open places and not fear what man can do unto me. I ain't fearing what nobody can do. I mean, the worst thing for the world is they think they got victory. If they could take a preacher like me and throw me in jail, I'll be smiling. You know how many people I get to preach to? Get to tell them about Jesus? Do y'all understand? Man, I'll be in good company. Jesus, Paul, my God of mercy. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. Wait, wait, wait. 
ask my wife if I won't be in good company. Will I be in good company? Whoo. Man, I have an audience to talk to. All about Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood, his righteousness. I'm sorry, folks. I've just, I've just got a love for I really do got a love for going with God. I just, Y'all ain't never seen some of these remarkable stories about how people who are believers in, in Jesus Christ, how they would just, just throw their lives on grenades and just give their lives for their friends. Where they learn it from? They learn it from Jesus. No greater love than this than a man lay down his life for his. Now, don't worry about it. If we had to, don't worry about it, brother. So there ever came a choice where I had to lay down my life in order for you to live, don't worry about it. I volunteer every time. Why? Because I had somebody to do the same thing for me. No big deal, and I understand. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Let me get back to this. All right, now look at this. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he believed, because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation. This is what condemns. That light is coming to the world, Jesus. And that men love darkness rather than light. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Their deeds were evil. They had an association with them. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. That's why we do good. All right, look at this. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You know, there's a lot of time reason why people don't come to assembly because they're afraid they're going to get talked about. You come here, you, the word is going to hit you. I don't care who you are. The word is going to find you out. Yes, sir. Amen. Look at this. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. He that doeth what? I'm sorry, folks, but God, I want you to show me because I don't want to die in wretchedness. I don't want to die in dark. I want, no, show me, tell me. That's why I don't mind correction. I don't care who it comes from. I don't mind correction because correction is not for, it's not against me. It's for me. Somebody may have some wisdom. Tell me now. Look here, Pastor. You, you, you're not thinking right. This, this is not right. And I really, oh yeah, yeah. I will always give accolades out to anyone who has a voice of reproof to help me be a better man. Now I, I thank you, thank you very much, thank you very much. Instead of who you think you are to tell me, I've been in this world for thirty something years. Ain't that how we do it? Ah, oh, praise the Lord. But he that doeth truth come to the light that his deeds may be manifested and they are wrought in God. Now I've got a question. Have you ever been able to make someone love you? And the answer is no. You ain't never been able to make someone love you. Love requires an act of your free will. Amen? <clears throat> love is an action of choice. Ephesians 3, 9. We're going to go there for a second. God wants us to choose a loving relationship with him. He wants us to choose it. Amen? When you're faithful to him and you choose him, you can have an intimate fellowship with him. And that's where prayer comes in. To me, a man is weak when he's standing and never hit his knees. A man is strong when he hits his knees. Because you acknowledge, boy, that's somebody greater than I am. And I'm going to have to talk to him. 
That's why my knees, I don't my knees, boy, I got some spots on here. Amen. Some spots on here for what? Because I spent some time on them. Hallelujah. Watch this. And to make all men see what the fellowship of the mystery, 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 which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus. Watch this. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be Known by the church, look at this, the manifold wisdom of God. You know, God is using each and one of us that his spirit is in to show these principalities and stuff, the manifold wisdom of God. How are you going to take a little old thing like man created, Lord and the angels, and going to make a fool out of all of these things that had insurrection against him? Amen. The word fellowship means, in this, in this right here in the scripture, the word fellowship. Um, man, I didn't see the word fellowship. I wrote that down for some reason. There it is, fellowship, Third, Ephesians 3, 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. The word fellowship means partnership or joint. God can't do it by himself without you, brother, so he needs you. That's why he puts so much um, into you. That's why he gives you his Holy Spirit, because he needs you to be in joint agreement with him against the enemy. Amen? This can only happen when both parties voluntarily agree. Now, Understanding and choosing to love God provides us a different light in our relationship with him when we can understand. And we do choose. And this is why we must properly exercise our free will in the right order and perspective. We've got to properly do it. Everything bad that has ever happened to us was planned from the kingdom of hell from the beginning. Everything bad that ever happened to us was planned by the kingdom of hell from the beginning. Why? I just read earlier that God is love. And God's not standing here trying to. No, he ain't either. Look at this. Remember I told you earlier this is not eating? It ain't eating. Look, this is a fallen, cursed world. Things will go wrong. Bad things will happen. Natural disaster, storms as a result of this curse. It is. And they are still as a result of sin and Satan. But we get all these philosophers and all these Epicureans and everybody else to ignore totally that there's a spiritual war going on. Yet we are spirit beings. There will never be a time when you will ever cease to exist. You are eternal beings. Your flesh is going back to this earth. Your spirit is going to return back to God. Amen. That's just the truth. You will never, ever cease to exist. You are a spirit being. God is a spirit. And God created man in his image. Yes, he did, too. I hope we understand that. Just so simple. Look, in Asian countries, they got tsunamis all over the place. Is that right? Could it be because of all of the idolatry and the statue worships, the worship of Buddhas and Hindus? And Satan is a hard taskmaster. All he, the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, that the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give life and that everlasting. And that's, a, that's two totally different. I mean, that's diametrically opposed. Yeah. Two total different opinions, right? I'm serious. Two total different ways. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. What do these synonymies do? Kill, kill steal, and destroy. Why? Well, maybe if the whole country wasn't given over to idolatry. We just had a big old storm. Should have wiped out this whole entire community. Our little old trailers down here and everything, but all around us, destruction. Yeah. 
All around. All around. I, look at our, this little church. We built up our own hand sitting right on top of a hill. But over here, oh, Pastor, you can't say that. I can only speak what I know. Sister Carol and I were laying in bed, and all we heard was, Carol, honey, 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 what's that? I said, that's a tornado. It's right on top of us, too. Whoa, what? I said, for real, look. Go out there and try to open up the front door. Look. Oh, man, what are we going to do? I'm going to say what I'm going to do. No. I'm going to bed. What? <laughs> I went right back to bed. What else you going to do? The storm right on top of you? Go run out there like the Wizard of Oz and get caught up in it? <laughs> if it's already on top, what else you going to do? I just remember that the word said the angel of the Lord is encamped around about them that fear him. I ain't no time for all that mess. Let it. Fear, I'm sure fear is not running short. Let everybody else have it, man. I ain't got no time for that. But what, man, something could have happened. Could have, would have, maybe, but it didn't. But right up there, right up the street, just leveled a whole church. I even got pictures in my cell phone. You know what they do? Come here, Karen. All this. this is what they do. Every time in Easter, let's say the sun's rising in the east, they're sitting out in front of their church. Praise the Lord, sun coming up. Wow! I said, like, what in the world are people doing? <laughs> Brother Richard, man, they haven't. Easter sunrise service. I said, there ain't nowhere in no Bible about no Easter sunrise service. He said, I know what they doing. I said, how you know that? Because I used to be out there playing. <laughs> brother Rich. I said, bro, don't you know that the Bible says in Ezekiel 8, brother, that this is not nothing new, that people turn their back towards the temple and worship the sun as it come up? He go, I know, I repented too. I said, them folk ain't. And I got on my cell phone, asked to see it. They're sitting out there again. I had to look again this year just to make sure. They were sitting out there again with their back towards the temple because there wasn't nobody empty pad then. <laughs> Face towards the east as a son. I said, I can't believe people ain't that dumb, are they? You can't be that dumb. And they call it Easter Sunrise, sir, you know just well as I do. Elias, come here, Elias. Come here. Come on, son. Come on, son. I'm going to ask you a simple question, all right? Can a rabbit lay eggs? No, sir. Oh, my God of mercy. My God of mercy. Even a child knows that. Y'all think I'm kidding? All I know is this building felt the same wind as that one did. Same did. But hey, our little hunting cabin back there, of course, it, 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 it was all been all up on the side. Well, but there wasn't nobody in it. I'm trying to tell you, God ain't no respect to person. Hey, them devils, they couldn't. What are you implying, Pastor? Well, since I'm implying something, won't you fill in the blanks? 
read between a line. What if? Right? We can't deal with what if. We got to deal with facts. Isn't that right? You can't be sitting up here, bowing down the crosses, calling yourself because you say Jesus, worshiping, uh, what's the name of that temple god? Aphrodite. Like the Bible said you not to do. Just because you put Jesus in it don't mean he ain't in it. Don't mean he's in it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And to hearken is better than a pat of rams. To obey, God says. God said, if my people, which are called after my name, would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. That's how I can tell you that this country is not a God-fearing country. It's too much idolatry, too much holy giving over idolatry. Too many wicked ways in it. Amen. It's just the truth. I'm sorry. Cold hard facts. But it just don't tear that up. Tsunamis over here just tearing up everything. On our own land. My God of mercy. East Coast. Flood. Hurricanes. I suppose that they're living like saints. California. Burned with fire. Every year. Louisiana, flooding. I bet you all state and state farmers benevolent now, ain't they? They're going to need somebody to buy some insurance. Now I'm going to ask you, who did all that? Was that God or was that Satan? According to the Bible, John 10, 10, the thief come up now but to steal, kill, and to destroy. Find that scripture over in Psalms where God, look at this. Look at this. It wasn't God to do it. He sent evil angels. Y'all hearing this? God sent evil angels to destroy those people in Egypt. Y'all got it? Now look at this. Homosexuality, you know it ain't of God. God didn't create Adam and Steve. Adam and Eve. There's something wrong with a spirit of man that he looks at another man and have the same type of feelings towards another man as he should for a woman. Homosexuality is a sure sign. According to the book of Romans, the first chapter, that we are in the end time and Jesus is coming. Someone said, wait a minute, God ain't, but God been killing people, brother and sister. Well, God has, all right? Well, the enemy's been killing people, but God's been getting credit for it by man for a long time. Show you something. You got it? Psalms what? Seventy-eight forty-nine. Read loud. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath and indignation, and trouble. By sending evil angels among them. Y'all hearing that? He sent evil angels among them. It was the evil angels that caused the destruction. Y'all remember when Jesus was in the boat? And Peter and them said, Lord, don't you care that we perishing? Don't you care that we perishing? Watch this now. Watch this now. 
Jesus woke up out of sleep, upset. And the Bible says that Jesus rebuked the wind. Ah. The Bible says Jesus rebuked the wind. And then he said, peace, be still. And then he turned around and blasted the disciples. Because <laughs> all that unbelief they had. Now, wait a minute. Why come people ain't rebuking the wind today then? Uh-oh. I'm sorry, folks. You can't sit up and sow sin and reap blessings. I'm sorry. You know, on this earth, hey, you go out and have illicit sex. You sit up here and have, you catch AIDS, herpes, hepatitis, who knows, all this other. That's because you, you are out of the order of things. Now I'm making sense. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. All right, look at this. I'm going to finish up on this. Proverbs 124, okay? Adam, it, hey, this was a perfect world before Adam and Eve came. And then when Adam and Eve was here for a short period of time, it was perfect. But then when sin entered in and Eve bit of that fruit, contrary to what God had told him, and then she gave it to her husband and he did eat too, that changed all of mankind. See, what it is is changing your mind from a natural understanding to a biblical understanding. Look at this. Because I have called, you refuse. And I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But I have set at not all my counsels and would none of my reproof. Look what God says. Y'all read? This is people who God have called to you, but you didn't want to hear. You refused it. He said he stretched out his hand. You didn't even regard it. Look at this. Verse 25, but I have said it not all my counsels. In other words, everything I tried to tell you, you didn't want to hear, and you wouldn't even turn in none of my reproof. Verse 26, God says, look at this. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock you when your fear come. I will, I will mock when your fear cometh, God says. When, you fear, when your fear cometh as desolations and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, look, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hateth knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsels, they despise all my reproofs, therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own ways. And be filled with their own devices. You can't sit up there and be blessed of God and serving idols and bowing down to them. You can't, God forbids that with his people. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And what we need to do is get a biblical mindset and get our mind thinking the way God says. And start trying to rationalize everything with our natural reasoning and understanding. Trying to philosophize everything and get what God's program. And see what he says do. And do it his way. Believe his way. And we'll keep ourselves from a lot of destruction. Amen. Amen. And God wants everybody to come to repentance. Every single one of us, brother and sister. God never allows evil. Mankind allows evil by making the wrong decisions. It's our decisions that cause all the evil to come up on us. Amen. And I, hey, I'm sorry, folk. But it's just the truth. Every day we're in this life. We're learning. We're learning every single day. I learn, I'm learning all the time. And I, and I tell you what, you know the lessons that stuck with me the most? 
the ones that I messed up in. Them bought lessons, that's a lot of tax. Because, boy, it taxes the soul, taxes the body, it taxes. And you know what? God has voluntarily restrained his hand from stopping sin and evil during this age. He's voluntarily restrained his hand. The world has a, an allotted time to exist, 7,000 years. We are just about at the end of the 6,000 years. Because remember, Jesus came 2,000 years ago, right? The earth was already in existence 4,000 years. And we're just about at the 6,000 the, the 6, year. So that means the king is getting ready to come. Amen. This thing is getting ready to close up. And I'm going to tell you, remember I told y'all 10 years ago. No, remember I told y'all 12 years ago. Anybody remember the, the statement that I said about distribution centers? It was a prophecy. What did I say, Brother Doug? How many years ago I said that? Long time, wasn't it? I said at 10, 12, that was a prophecy come forth. I also said this as a prophecy. It came forth as an auction just right out of my mouth. What else did I say, Brother Ed? You said that the name of Jesus would become a curse word in the mouth of In our country, whoever thought that the name of Jesus would receive what it is now? Children can't even pray in school no more. You can't even say pledge allegiance no more. Huh? You can't even mention God no more. The Ten Commandments is now spit upon, defiled. And the Ten Commandments have now become the Ten Suggestions. This is what's happening. This is the spirit of the age that we live in. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And I also said this. The United States of America is, become, is going to become a third world country. I look like a fool talking like this 10, 12 years ago. But now guess what? Don't look like no fool too much now, do we? As things continue to develop. Then I had another one come to me from God. This time that we're in right now, this economic time that we're in now, it's going to get better just for a little moment. And then after that, man of sin coming. We don't know the day or the hour. The Bible's clear about that. We cannot know that, but we can know the time and the season. That's why he tells us to get your hearts ready. And get yourself right. Because the king is coming. The king is coming. Just as sure as I'm sitting here looking at you and you're looking at me, Jesus is coming. Amen. People been saying that for 50 years. You ain't 50. Well, I'm 50. Well, that means you got three years of knowledge then if you're 53. Well, if you're 57, you got seven years of knowledge. Bro, Doug, you ain't 50 yet. You ain't even 50 years old, so you ain't got an opinion, so shut up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, this world should thank God for not coming right now because a lot of people would die in their sins. So it is the mercy of God for right now to give man an allotted time because God is holy. And I'm finished on this. You know, God made the commandments because by the law of God, it shows us transgression. If there was no law, there would be no transgression. And God is just. He's not only holy, but he's just. God says, thou shalt not steal. Anybody ever stole something before? I have. You know what the fate of anyone that steal it should be? You should go to hell. 
Why? Because God said, thou shalt not steal. And because he is just, he has to send people that steal to hell. He's not going to compromise his integrity for you or me. He didn't do it for David. David was a man created after God's own heart, and yet he killed his servant so he could take his wife. And God gave him, told him that the sword of the Lord is never going to depart from your house, and it has never departed from his house today. And he lost all of his family. That's the justice of God because he is just. Because he's just, he told Moses to deliver his own servant. God has no respect to person. If he did it to Moses, did it to David, you better take heed. He'll do it also to us, brothers and sisters, because he's just. He told Moses, you speak to the rock. Moses did what? He smote the rock, and it kept Moses out of the promised land. God is serious with us, brothers and sisters, because he's just. He has to perform his word. Because if he didn't perform his word, he would be like man. He would lie. He'll be inconsistent with his nature. Amen. So he has to perform. Thank God for the provision of forgiveness of sins. Thank God for the provision of, I mean, confessing and forsaking. Amen. You ever dishonor your mother and father? There's one fate for everybody who dishonor a mother and father. Hell. Because God is just. Because he is just, he has to. That's the reason why we're convicted of our sins when we do sin because the law said thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen. And, and our heart hurts when we transgress the law of the supreme king. Amen. And when our heart hurts because of, we transgress the law of the supreme king, thank God for Jesus <clears throat> who came and forgive us of our sins. Shed his blood. And all we have to do now, thank God. I love, I'm sorry, I love steak. But boy, with all the sins that are going on in this world right now, we all be vegetarians. If we had to sacrifice animals like they did in the old covenant, because there wouldn't be no meat around with all the sins that are going on in this world right now. Thank God that just one drop of his holy precious blood. So, see, you have to get your mind the way God thinks. Not normal rational thinking, not human reasoning. The way God thinks. You have to think like God does. Because he just, he's got to. He doesn't desire to send anyone to hell, but because he just, they've got to go if they refuse to serve him. They got to go because he is just, he said it. He also said, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. But I go and prepare a place for you that wherever I am, there you may be also. And wherever I go, you can go. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come to that father, the father, but by me. He said, I am the door. Amen. And you got to come through the door. How you know all this passed out? Because I come through the door. Amen. I come through the door. I don't mind telling you that God saved old wretched, black hearted, nasty, dirty, low down, drunken sinner like me. Thank God I ain't none of those no more. I had a guy tell me, I seen you drink wine. I said, did Jesus drink wine? Yeah, but it wasn't ferment. I said, you stop that nonsense, that foolishness. Fermentation wasn't even invented then. 
crazy thing? Pastorization, I mean. You crazy thing? You stop that nonsense. Praise the Lord. Pretty soon they're going to be calling me wine bibber pastor. Hey, but think about it. Cindy goes, <laughs> that means you can go over her house. That's Cindy. But did they not accuse Jesus of being a wine bibber? Well, I'm in pretty good company then. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, anybody, anybody got anything? Thank you. All right, praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day. We thank you for everything. Thank you for the words of truth. We pray only that these sins sink deep down in our hearts. Bless everyone as they hit back on the road, Father. Watch over them through the highways and the byways. We give you the glory for all things. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Bless y'all. King coming.